0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, another exciting edition of playing games with We Read. Allegedly, uh, we play
1: characters from books.
0: Something like that. Uh, does that we make just me Scott McGrath?
1: Criticize them <laughs> endlessly.
0: Welcome to another edition of Squid hates everything I like.
2: Uh, and Celeste tries to make every peace with everybody. <laughs>
1: Celeste plays play Switzerland. Well, we're at war.
0: <laughs> I'm not at war. It's either you, you just you don't just like don't my, my stuff. You just don't know you're at war yet. Buckle up. Uh-oh.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Welcome to our very supportive podcast where we love each other and we think reading is great.
0: Where we love each other but hate each other's books. That's fair. My name is John. I am the token male on this podcast. Uh, and this is episode five, I think we determined. Um with me again we have celeste mora yes sorry i had to say it like you do on your stuff and we got squid
1: yellow speed reader kind of only when it counts
0: (laughs) (laughs) only when she puts off reading a book because john picked something she doesn't like uh
1: we'll see we'll see if i liked it or not
0: all right well whatever uh so as you can tell, this month is a book I picked out for us to read called uh, Night Film by Marisha Pessel. And uh, well, the, uh, I, I believe actually on the last episode, we told you guys out there in listener land to read this book because mm-hmm. there is no way to talk about this book without spoiling this book. So hopefully you did some reading. Otherwise, we're going to. If
1: not, pause the podcast. Go read it. Go read take it. as long as I did. <laughs> <laughs> or rather,
2: to help our uh, our numbers, just take your headphones out, let it play through, yeah, come
1: and then back come and back,
2: listen back and listen to it again Great. when you get Even done better.
0: reading. better. So here's the dust jacket I have for this book, based off the audiobook version that I had listened to. Uh, On a damp October night, beautiful young Ashley Cordova is found dead in an abandoned warehouse in lower Manhattan. Though her death is ruled a suicide, veteran investigative journalist Scott McGrath suspects otherwise. He probes the strange circumstances surrounding Ashley's life and death. McGrath comes face-to-face with with the legacy of her father, legendary reclusive cult horror film director Stanislaus Cordova, a man who hasn't been seen in public it for more than 30 years. Goals. <laughs> what, are, what do you mean goals?
2: Not being seen for 30 Honestly, years in same. public.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go live in my compound and never come out.
2: <laughs> like, to just have enough money to to see the people i like but not see the people i don't want to and then see people on my terms.
0: <laughs> are 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 all three of us aspiring hermits? Is that what i'm getting yes! out of this conversation?
2: Dallas won't let me be a hermit though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my wife is too much of a social butterfly to be a shut-in.
2: Squid, you're the only one who doesn't have somebody <laughs> making you <laughs>
1: stay. That's true. Also both me and my roommate aspire to be hermits. So We've considered buying a tiny house in the middle of a woods.
0: So enough about (laughs) that. Our randomness. Before we jump into night film and I make sure that we stay in the format, let's all talk about what we're reading allegedly. All right. So... Now uh, let's go ahead and talk about what we're reading and I will go first because I'm a pig and I am going before the women on the podcast because I am eager to talk about In the Shadow of the Gods, which is one that has already been on this show before under an alleged read. Um,
1: and I bet you it's now been read more than the person who suggested
0: it. <laughs> you, di- I, you didn't finish that book Not ever? Big <laughs> book. It's so Um, good, um, though.
1: I would like to submit that when I said before that I was at page, like, what, 50? Mm -hmm. I'm at page 50 still.
0: (laughs) Wow.
1: My life got busy, and I had to read for this podcast. Okay.
0: (laughs) I mean, whatever. Okay. But no, it, it really is a good book, everybody. And everybody should, like, go give it a try because it's really good. And it's been a breath of fresh air to me because I've been like, eh, uh, when it comes to reading. And it has really got me happy about it again. So, In the Shadow of the Gods. I was looking for the author, but I can't uh, find it John all Gwynn, of a sudden. I think. There you if go. Not, That's go the one. Go
1: back and listen to our first episode.
0: Uh, <laughs> We're yeah, professionals. Uh, squid. What are you allegedly reading?
1: Allegedly. Much like when I suggested Shadow of the Gods, I'm allegedly reading a book that I'm only a few pages into uh, as I've just started it and then stopped reading. But I'm reading uh, Deaf Utopia by Niall DeMarco, which just recently came out. Uh, And it's mostly just like about his life in general. It's a bit of a memoir. And then as he titles it, A Love Letter to a Way of Life. So it talks about deaf culture and being in a hearing world and it's very interesting so far all 20 pages that i've read super great uh so so is he a coda oh yeah so he he for anyone that hasn't heard of nile before he was on america's next top model um and won and then he's been on dancing with the stars and i think something else since winning that as well but he's helped produce a few shows he did um Deaf you, I think. Uh, and for anyone that may be in the deaf community, there is controversy surrounding <laughs> Niall DeMarco and whether or not he should be like an icon. But the book is still interesting, and by icon I mean like an influential leader of. But mostly
0: now you have kids. my curiosity stoked.
1: There's controversy. Look into it if you want. Uh, but he is. The ideas are still good, regardless of whether or not he should be the person promoting, you
0: know. Hey, you know, it's like we've talked about in uh, Shreveport. Separate the artist from the art. Mm-hmm.
1: And it is very interesting, too. Like, if you are familiar with ASL at all, or, like, the grammar, um, he mm-hmm. does write the book. He He and his, I want to say his interpreter wrote it together if I recall correctly because he has like um, a designated interpreter is what it's called so it's just his interpreter that goes around with him as a deaf professional Um, so they wrote it together but there are a lot of lines in the book that are in uh, ASL format Oh, nice! so they are written in all caps which is how you write ASL it's called glossing written in the grammar so it's very interesting to read especially if you're familiar with ASL yeah
0: all right cool story let's uh talk to you celeste what are you reading allegedly
2: what am i not allegedly reading
0: okay pick one book off the pile and uh which one is it
2: i am currently listening to forging Hephaestus, and i am i don't know a couple chapters in so not super far in, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And I, I have discovered that I like Drew Hayes's readings, not reading style, writing style. Um, he has a way of, of describing things that you get a good picture, but not overly so. As I mm-hmm. have recently discovered in a book that I listened to that I had to stop listening to because of what they were describing. I went, nope, can't do it. That was fun um which was a southern book called guide to slaying <laughs> vampires just in case anybody's wondering because like it was i was enjoying the book up until that scene and i was like no can't do it too descriptive done thank you check please um but that's not the book we're talking about <laughs> so i'm intrigued about a book it's about about metahumans from the villain's point of view and the villains have a code and like they take out people who break the code, who get too loud, who do too much, who, who don't do what they need to do type thing. So it's interesting.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I've read some of that and it is a very good book and I genuinely feel like you will enjoy it very much.
2: I'm, already enjoying it because i'm like i was telling you before we started recording i'm also listening to way of kings so it's giving me a good lighter something to interject into my listening when i'm not because like i listen to audiobooks when i crochet so i or when i'm at work doing other things so i'm not always in the mood for something super heady and super descriptive Mm -hmm. like brian sanderson is
0: All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and get into the book at hand now so we can talk about things. All right, so this book, is, is, is it even possible to talk about this book without spoiling something? No.
1: Probably. Maybe. You could, you could, I could discuss this book without spoilers for sure but well, we've already told people if you're going to listen to this there's going to be spoilers they're going to come up so just yeah but it, it,
0: knowing. It, it was it was what it was one of those thought experiments like how short would this podcast be if we just went at it from a non-spoiler perspective
1: i could do a lot of I could talk about most of the things that I did not enjoy about this book from a non spoiler perspective.
0: All right. Well, we know we already know how this uh, episode's going to go. Don't,
1: we don't know how it's going to go.
0: <laughs> I feel like that's a lie, Squid.
1: I could talk about what I dislike from any book I've ever read. There's mm-hmm. always going to be something. I don't think I've ever read a perfect book except maybe 1984. That's just because I really like feeling bad.
0: About <laughs> that's a good. That's why deal. you're on the. That's yeah. why you're on the other podcast.
1: <laughs> but anyway. So all right. Else well, first.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, Celeste, why don't you go ahead and go first? Let's talk. Let us do this. Okay. So, just so the gloves are off, and and people don't think okay, they're they're just joking around spoilers from this point forward. If you haven't read this book, uh, so, go read it list. and come back, <laughs> yeah. uh, or listen and have a lot of really interesting plot points get ruined for you because there's some things that will come out of you, come out of left field at you in this book. So, okay, Let, let's run this like we do on the bottom shelf. Celeste. Uh-oh. What do you like about this book? What were some things that you enjoyed about this book?
2: I enjoyed several things about the book. Um, I mostly lines. There were specific lines and like they didn't necessarily have to do anything with the story. It's just mm-hmm. the way that he wrote things were good. Like I wrote down in my my notes um, a couple of them. One of which is women of Manhattan, magnificent as they were, sometimes forgot they weren't immortal. They could throw themselves like confetti into a fun-filled Friday night with no thought as to what crack they fell into by Saturday night. That line is hysterical to me. Like, and I'm not sure why. It's just funny.
0: I I, I agree with you on this. (laughs) I agree with you on this. There was a... there was a few things from this that uh there were a few word selections, I'll put it like that, yeah, that inspired me on some other stuff in my previous band. And there was a uh there was a song that we did in Burning Clean, uh, called Holes Where Their Hearts Should Be, which is a direct lift out of that book. Um that was inspired by a couple lines in night film the title specifically but the first line the first line in the song was smiles like axe wounds mm. adorn their faces and a smile a smile like a axe wound was uh how he first uh had described ashley cordova when he saw her when he was running around central park before she yeah. had committed suicide
1: allegedly so, allegedly committed suicide as allegedly. the dust jacket says I, didn't, mm-hmm. I did the same thing where I was like, oh, that was a good line. Well, it doesn't mean yeah. much but oh, it was a good line. Which is funny because it's other a one similar that, thing. The other one that, that struck me
2: enough for me to write it down in my notes was just when you think you have hit rock bottom, you realize you're standing on a trapdoor," And I relate to that far <laughs> too
1: much. Probably more than I should. Uh, but yeah. So, One of the lines I now. had was I think she actually wished he'd eat her alive, so at last she'd be the closest to him of anyone.
0: I I remember that line.
1: That's a good line. There there was more to the line, but that was the part that was actually good. (laughs) See, that line just made me uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) I can't imagine why. That
1: line should make you uncomfortable.
0: That that was the intention, so.
2: It succeeded. I will say this about the book. It very much succeeded in making you feel uncomfortable i felt uncomfortable
0: it's about it it's it's about uncomfortable events so i mean this this book excels in atmosphere i think and i think that's what hooked that hooked me on it was it, it sets the atmosphere so well and then you at least have that going for you. And then it presents a story. If you're willing to go along with it, uh, you know, it, it's not, it's not going to end up being everybody's cup of tea in the story. I think, uh, squid, what was, what was, uh, some things you enjoyed about this book?
1: I, I definitely agree with Celeste. Like one of the things I was thinking is that I don't mind Marisha's writing style. I think she has a really good, uh, like sentence craft or word craft mm-hmm. I enjoyed quite a few of like the way she formed paragraphs and sentences and I really appreciate that as a writer <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to see uh, also I when I was talking about one of the other books that I was reading that like you know, some of the best lines I've read in a book in a long time were in that one and I think Marisha does pretty well with that as well it's one of the things that I really liked about this book
0: Mm-hmm I just liked how weird it was. I mean, if I if I'm being honest, it's just there was uh, things things took a bent towards the bizarre fairly early on in this book.
2: That's fair.
0: Uh, um, it 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 started out with just subtle things, and it just by the time you got to the end, you were so far out in the left field. But in the same sense, it, it it's like the whole entire time in this book, it, it feels like you're walking both sides of a branched path.
2: Yeah. I will say this, that you were talking about it being subtle in the beginning. In my my review for myself, in my notebook, I put that Cordova was elusive like the Godzilla in the 2014 movie, which, <laughs> if you listen to the podcast we did about that for Talk, it was mm-hmm. that was one of the things I liked, is that you never actually saw the um, You never saw Godzilla in the 2014 movie. He was on screen maybe five minutes. And so the, the having Cordova be so elusive and not there made things interesting. But at the same time, it, it brought some interestingness to it that I was like, mm, I don't know if I like that.
0: Well, he does never show up in the present until like the last couple pages in the book. Like I mean, you, he's not even he's you, not
1: even talked about in the present until the last couple of days is, or pages of the book. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I really thought that that he had been offed and that the lady was pretending he was there.
0: Hmm. did 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 either of you bite the uh, initial lure that uh, was put out by Inez Gallo that he was re- a, a pensioner in a old folks home?
1: No. I, I will say that by that point of the book I didn't really care
0: <laughs> oh no and I
1: don't mean that in like a bad way like I wasn't disliking it it's just that I wasn't super invested mm-hmm. I, I, didn't, I didn't care really like I didn't well my least favorite thing about this book was the ending <laughs> I didn't enjoy it I will uh, agree with that I felt unsatisfied Yeah, like it it, not enough questions were answered at the end of this book. But by that point of the book, I didn't care enough about the questions. Like to to want something necessarily. So it was mostly just unsatisfying because I was like, I didn't get what I wanted, but I didn't really care about what I was getting anyway. (laughs) Which like up until then, it was fine. I was enjoying the writing of the book. The story wasn't my cup of tea, but the writing was good.
0: So, yeah, so it it, it, it sounds like you didn't necessarily dislike this book in the sense like uh, how you disliked Peter no. Klein's book that I had you read. <laughs>
1: she yeah, says no, which is why I tried to say very firmly, this is not a 14 experience for me.
0: <laughs> it, this it's was just, more of a...
1: This was like, you know, when you read cinder and you were like i'm not the target audience Mm -hmm, that's not mm -hmm, what was mm -hmm. happening here because i could have been the target audience it was just that this wasn't a story i wanted to read necessarily because it's not a genre (laughs) i generally enjoy because it's not a genre that i'm drawn into i i do not find like atmospheric supernatural mysteries to be immersive enough for me to care about the mystery Mm. i think is what my problem is (laughs)
0: Well and and that's just it they never they never tell you if it is a supernatural mystery or not and and right. that's that's well, the whole oh, thing Well I suppose
1: I could put mystery of the supernatural because it's both it could be a supernatural mystery or the mystery could be whether or not it is supernatural
0: Yeah f- very much so so like uh, for you out there and lis- who are listening to the ep- to this episode if this book walks <laughs> Yeah, uh, this book walks two trails. It, uh, either, either, uh, Scott McGrath is just looking into the final days of a very disturbed cancer patient who has, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, myeloma.
1: Acute leukemia something. A-L-L. Mm. I know because I read it about <laughs> 15 minutes ago. <laughs>
0: acute lymphocytic leukemia, I I believe is what ALL is. Um, so it's either that, and she was in a downward spiral, uh, not being able to to, to discern what reality is or the second, what's behind door number two, which is that there, there's a whole supernatural bent to this where with a deal with the devil, and her soul was at stake, and
1: or door number three, yes, which
0: both. is yes, both, yes and both. it's being recorded as a Cordova movie.
1: About halfway into the book, I was like, "He's in a movie right now." That was, <laughs> like that was that was easy for me to be like, "Yep, mm-hmm. he's just going to be like in the movie." <laughs> mm-hmm. Someone's got a camera somewhere. <laughs> smile you're on candid camera ta
0: da there 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 are so many ways and and i think that fits with the theme of that's being presented about the Cordova movies in general with how this book wraps up is the whole entire concept that the, or the philosophy of these movies that are made by this director is they don't give you the truth. Um, uh, uh, a statement that's made several times by a, uh, fil- uh, a teacher on American film is you don't appreciate the Merc not everything can be tied up in a nice bow. And this book revels in its murk. I think it, it doesn't give you the answers at the end at all.
1: Yeah. I think it also doesn't give you what it promised though.
2: It, it was just, I was super frustrated that they did that. And I read another book recently that did the same thing ish but it was more satisfying the way they did it because it felt like everything had wrapped up in that book and then they threw a last minute, but it really, like, it was it was good, but I was just left very unsatisfied in general with the ending. Like, I, I enjoyed
1: the book, but mm-hmm. the ending was not satisfying to me. I think, like, because he went back to that professor at the end of the book and they were talking about the actual structure of Cordova films Mm -hmm. and how the last shot of a Cordova film is always like this haunting image that's going to stick with you. The book needed to end with that. Mm. Uh, I wasn't thinking of this when I mentioned 1984 a moment ago, but like the ending scene of 1984 is a haunting scene. Mm -hmm. It is a scene that sticks with people. Like that's what this book needed at the end and it was kind of just like softball in it. Which I think mm. might be one of my disappointments with the end. Because it promised me a haunting visual that was going to stick with me forever. And instead I was like, oh, really? <laughs> you guys are just going to sit down and you're going to talk about everything? And then not share? Yeah, and then like not tell me anything? <laughs> okay.
0: Like, I guess. Like, legit, it's just like, and then I finally found Cordova. Mm-hmm. And he was sitting there waiting for me. And we sat down and we talked about
1: being a dad (laughs) and
0: and it doesn't tell you what they talked about he's just we we had this conversation and it's just like okay
2: i think it would almost would have been better had they not said we had the conversation and they just left it with he was sitting there and so you don't know if it was him or not like had Mm -hmm. they left it just a little bit more
1: mysterious Or even if there was more, like, when he mentioned it's my bottle of scotch was there. Like, if you put more of those details in of being like, here are things that should not be on this island in the middle of nowhere that are. And also this man. And then, like, before when he was in the soundstage and, like, a door closed behind him. Like, end with the door closing behind you and you didn't close it. Like, great. That I'm gonna be thinking about that for a while.
2: That whole thing was hard for me to read.
1: Yeah, just because it, ones?
2: Yeah, it was so
0: you, No, we're we're talking about when him and uh
1: When they in Nora the warehouse
0: went the up peak, to yeah. the peak, right? Okay. Hopper was
1: there too. Don't leave Hopper out. He was the best character in this book.
0: <laughs> oh, you think so? I preferred
1: yeah. Nora. Well Hopper and Nora both were like Yeah, I'll give you that. Much better than Scott. Scott shouldn't have been the main character. What
0: Wow, I enjoyed Scott. I He was my favorite character.
1: Funny enough, okay. Scott actually reminds me of the main character of the Yiddish Policeman's Union. So I think you'd like that book. <laughs> you should read it. <laughs> and I really enjoy that book, too. But it doesn't have the supernatural-ish mystery to it. So
2: I didn't care for him. But again, it was a... John and I were talking before the podcast. And it was a, I didn't like Captain Ahab in Moby Dick. Because the all out, like, just this is a bad idea, but I'm going to to hyper focus mm-hmm. on this to the the detriment of everyone around me bothers me. Mm-hmm. Like, I the get scene being where he focused. brought his daughter
1: to the store, <sighs> and he was like, "I'll leave in just a minute. I'll in uh, just a minute. We'll get around." Uh, I I wrote a note in my notebook during that scene. Uh, that I can't share on this podcast because this is a family-friendly podcast. The
2: the fact that he took his, that actually, same, was like, I was kind of okay with him until about that point. I'm like, you're putting your daughter in danger. You know this is crazy. You know all this other crap has happened and
1: you're still taking your child.
0: (laughs) Yes. Y'all are talking about when he went to meet the spider?
1: Yeah. Yes. Which I will Mm. say, like, points like that just in case anyone thinks is us being like just like the book disliking a character is not the same thing as not liking a book true scott is not a likable guy (laughs) if you think he's a very flawed character to be sure if you think scott's a good guy you're wrong (laughs) he shouldn't survive a cordova film he's not the good guy (laughs)
0: Well, that's 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 just it, though. If you if you kind of read into how the Cordova films went, because they talk about all the films very oh, yeah. specifically. Um, if if you read about that, the people who survive the Cordova Cordova films are not good people. They've had to do bad things in order to survive. There Does was that mean some- they're not
1: good people? According to the philosophy of a man who believes that, you know, if you're not saying everyone is sinful (laughs) but if you are a good person does doing a bad thing for a good end make you a bad person which is not something we have to discuss now but a fun philosophy question (laughs) that's for the next podcast
0: well then that i mean i would counter that question by asking how do you how do you define a bad person
1: right well i mean that's the you need to define what a good person and a bad person Mm. is because is a bad person just someone that does bad things or is someone that is bad going to be a bad person, whether or not they're doing bad or good? Mm. But again, that's for our next podcast. That, that, that's, for
0: a diff- that's, that's for a different podcast We're philosophers, entirely.
1: allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> that's for the patrons. <laughs> but I, I also think, like, on the note of disliking Scott is, I think that's one of the risks of writing a first-person novel. I was, like, anytime you're going to make the perspective of your book through the eyes of a character good or bad if someone really dislikes that character they're gonna dislike your book most likely because they have to sit there for 450 pages and listen to the world from the perspective of someone that they just can't stand so like you can do it and that's fine i think if that's the story we tell great do it just know it's going to alienate some readers Which is fine. Mm -hmm. You don't have to appeal to your whole world. (laughs) It's just the audience you want to appeal to. I feel like that
2: the author did it on purpose. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that really the main character was Cordova. It was just being told from Scott's perspective. But Scott being who he was in the book was a highly dislikable person. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes, I do think it worked in this book. It it didn't work it did. so much like like in the Red Queen, where I don't want to hear about your life, like <laughs> your perspective. does not interest me. <laughs> Scott's a bad person. I didn't mind hearing from his perspective because I was like, "Oh, you messed up." Let's keep going.
0: <laughs> you done messed up, a a Ron. <laughs>
1: yeah, a a Ron. So, uh, but yeah, it, there was also
2: some nice. Uh, the book was legitimately written like a Cordova film. Mm-hmm. So there was some nice uh, similes between Scott's life and the alleged films. Yeah.
0: Did anybody else walk away from this book being like, I really want to watch these Cordova films?
1: Yes. Um, I haven't walked away from the book yet because I just finished reading and I'm still in the same spot where I was done. <laughs> 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 so come back to me in an hour and I'll let you know.
2: I legitimately midway through looked up Cordova to see if, he was a real person because i was like what are these movies
1: did the back of your guys's books well you had an audiobook john so i don't know but the back i own of a physical
0: copy but it doesn't get opened because it's signed
1: but okay so have you ever opened it
0: no other than the front page where i saw the signature and said have that you ever
1: is, had a physical copy
0: uh the the CD version of the audiobook comes with a disc that has the supplemental media in it for like the pictures and whatnot.
1: The back page of mine has a link to an app you can download. Yes. And then you can go back through and like scan pictures to try and find out more information. I haven't I done f- yet cuz I just found finished.
2: <laughs> out about that. The app is no longer working, but there is a website. That, that was something helped. else I enjoyed is that how immersive it was. Because you can go to Marissa Peschel's website and it has all the things. The app got disbanded like in 2012,
0: Did 2013. Did try
1: going to the URLs of the blackboards? No. No. Because I really wanted to, but I haven't yet. Because, again, I have just finished this book. <laughs> but they, Legitimit- give the full, they give you the full URLs, so. Yeah.
2: Legitimately, um, any time there's one of those symbols... Like I discovered that maybe because I was looking for Cordova and that popped up on the internet. Mm. So maybe like two or three chapters in when I was like, what are these movies? So it made it more interesting because some of them lead to more news articles. Some of them lead to different things,
1: but it makes it a lot more immersive. Which I will say, if you are listening to this podcast and you haven't read the book yet. Why are you here? Uh, Secondly, uh, (laughs) if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't read the book yet, this book does have a lot of pages that are inserts of like web pages of pictures of things like that, which is one of my gripes with the book that I disliked in a not just not my kind of story way. And yet you liked House of Falling Leaves. Yes. So I was going to mention House of Leaves. House of Leaves is an unhinged book. House of Leaves is absolutely crazy. From page one, everything's weird, and, which is why I think John will like it. I don't know why I like it, because it is really not my cup of tea, typically. But I think when you're doing a book like this that has that kind of like insert element, plays with format, stuff like that, you either have to do it really well or you have to do it sparingly. And I felt like Night Film did it just a little bit too much for me. Like, I I was kind of like, oh, this was a novel idea. Okay, cool. And then it kept happening. I was like, oh, I don't want to read another two-point font news article in the middle of my book. I'm old and blind, and I just want to get to the story. (laughs) And all the pictures were a little too Photoshop-looking for me to actually like them. (laughs) All the photographs in them were just kind of uncanny valley but not in the way i think they wanted them to be
0: Mm.
2: there was definitely at least one or two pictures that i was like i've seen that on a free art site (laughs) yeah like so like
1: i liked some of them some of them i was just like you didn't need that it didn't really further the story and it wasn't super immersive i think the blackboard ones were the best Mm -hmm. yes um, the rest of them were kind of just like, okay, there was a news article, but the news article didn't really give me information I needed. It was just like, I'm going to put a news article in here. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the common reoccurring themes that I found when, in this book is uh, how people interact with other people. Mm, yeah. And Which is a the theme
1: of Cordova's movies
0: exactly uh and there are a lot of different interactions that happen in this book that happen in any book but in in this book specifically because that's a theme i think they're a little bit more accented and some of the interactions get wild like wild uh were there any interactions that had stuck out in your guys's mind like i really like that or i didn't so much enjoy that um, I, as a specific,
2: I loved his daughter.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Like she was fantastic. I did not like him putting her in danger, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but like she was a smart kid, and I think a little smarter than her mom. Honestly, probably smarter than him. Oh, um, sure, <laughs> <laughs> but it was she was just really well written, and some of the interactions when he wasn't leaving her places with him were very sweet
1: mm-hmm. i did not find myself particularly drawn into most of uh the interactions and i at full disclosure i had a really hard time getting into this book because it does start very slow uh, it takes quite a bit to get to like the pace that i think marisha wanted the book to have um which is also why it took me so long to actually read it Because while I did finish the book In about three hours this afternoon I wasn't at a place Where I should have read this much of the book In three hours <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it took me Like I sat it down for about a month And was just like uh, It's fine It's, it's an alright book It's just because it was a story I wasn't particularly feeling I was mm. like eh. I think Marlowe was interesting if I had to pick one, but I was, I was neither very pulled into the idea of some supernatural thing happening and not interested in what happened if it wasn't supernatural. So most of the interactions I was like, Oh, well, we'll see what happens.
0: (laughs) Uh, As far as me, there were, there were three, there were three interactions that really stuck out. And I would say anytime they interacted with Cleopatra,
2: she was fascinating.
0: Um, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, uh, I, I Marlo Hughes was another one that I really enjoyed that whole that, that whole know. scene. What's that? She
1: was the, she was the one that was in the bed and then she wasn't. She was tried to come at him with She the was
0: she was her. the strung out actress. Oh, yeah. yes. Cordo- Cordova's he- second wife. Um. She, she very crass, but also very strung out, and it, the the whole level of grime that Did I got else from think that scene. That
1: the the drugs she was getting were the mad seeds because could be, could her be. Her behavior seemed a lot like the symptoms the doctor said. Yeah,
0: Just I could. didn't put that together, but now that you say it.
2: I I kind of was thinking the same thing, but I also, because again, if things get too far out there, like we discussed this with 14, when they were discussing the cosmic space stuff, my brain just kind of zones out, because I'm like, I don't understand this, and I can't picture this, and so I'm just going to input words, and words are going to come into my (laughs) eyes and out, and I have no comprehension of what's happening
0: the third interaction. And I know that you guys are going to completely disagree with me on this. And I don't care. I had mentioned this to Celeste at the beginning or, or right before we started. Uh, I, I completely shipped Scott and Nora oh, there. I oh said no, it That
1: makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hated that entire scene. <laughs> uh, like I almost set the book down and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> 18, 18 years old, 18, 19, but still 19 years old. Okay. It's fine
2: now. Like I was, ooh, I, I was, I was, uh, just, I, I felt bad for her. Yeah. Like, cause I'm going, she's coming at this from a perspective of somebody should love me
1: and like everything she said about her life i was like oh no <laughs> oh oh baby oh no you, and
2: you're around him <laughs> you you need a you you want to come to my house i will cook for you and like let you sleep in my bed or on show the kind of men
1: yeah. you should hang out with
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> like
1: she's that made me she's deeply just uncomfortable she she was a bad choice waiting to happen for herself and i think the way he didn't like Say no in the
0: right ways made me even more uncomfortable. <laughs> didn't, s- didn't say no in the right ways. He s- yeah. he said no,
2: kind of. But he he also made her feel like junk. Like and understandably, it was out of the blue. It wasn't. So
1: it wasn't out of the blue. They they had been dropping hints about that for half the book. It
2: was. It, and it, it was. You're I was right. Just like, it, Please don't do been. it. Please don't. But do But for it. him, who <laughs> is very self-absorbed, it was not out of the. Bl- it was out of the blue. Like for well, us, no, the reader he even, who's going. Stephen
1: mentioned it earlier too, because he was it. like, "She's really hot." <laughs> also, don't fall in love with me. It's not cool. haha, Now hang out with me all the time and stay in my house, and I'm going to give you all these things, knowing you're an impressionable teenager. <laughs> I'm in my forties. Um. Yeah, it just made me feel icky. Uh, in like a very, very not appreciative way. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I didn't like that scene at all. No, thank you. you
0: well, know, then there you go, I guess. See, I was more looking at Nora as a young adult rather than a teenager, so.
2: Mentally, though, the way she was written as coming at things i'm like baby did you graduate high school like yeah.
1: it, she, it very much read as a young woman that had been through traumatic experiences <laughs> it's like yes and i was like oh you need counseling not an older man that is self-absorbed <laughs> oh boy <laughs> i was expecting her and hopper to get it on honestly same but hopper was too absorbed in ashley it's just like i was about to say I, I didn't puppy. see that
0: I didn't see that. Okay, that was so just my I,
1: wish. I was just waiting for it to happen. <laughs> now, there's one, one name mentioned one time in this book, and it was the very first note I wrote down <laughs> about anything Uh-oh. that happened. And I think I mentioned this in chat. I didn't say what the name was, but I was like, there was an NPC named this, and I was just waiting for it to turn into a John book. Because <laughs> there was, I don't even know when it was, I didn't put a page number. All I put was that at one point they mentioned L.P. Howard. And did that ring a card with anyone but me? No. Okay, because it's just H.P. Lovecraft backwards, because H.P. Lovecraft is Howard P. Lovecraft. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure that was some kind of egg about something, but that's what I read, and I was immediately like, hmm, Howard P.L., huh? (laughs) Interesting. That that would have been I, interesting.
0: I didn't even pick up on that. So
1: well, because I, I, I don't think it was a thing, but I read but it. It is now. Like, it is now. Very rarely do you see a lot of names that are first initials, and they're both <laughs> except like C.S. Lewis, J.R. Token H.P. Lovecraft. You know, you have a few select men that J.S. Earls. J.S. <laughs> Earls, exactly. <laughs> But seeing the lp and then howard i was like is this a lovecraft reference
0: (laughs) what am i seeing here but to be fair this book for me like it, it it's it's no it's no secret that i've been intentionally uh wooing our friend branson to the lovecraftian side of the fiction um And when he first started getting into it, this was a book I recommended to him as kind of like diet Lovecraft, yeah. uh, Because the whole entire the whole entire like I I, like I said a commonly occurring theme of this book was was how people interact with each other, but the overarching the overarching theme of everything is the perception of reality and what is reality, Mm -hmm. yeah and how much does perception play into uh what reality actually is and is reality uh subjective yeah um so those are common lovecraftian themes so i was just like bro if you if you want to take a step a little bit back from the core lovecraftian stories of cosmic horror and you want to just get a touch your foot into the philosophy of it a little bit you know i i recommended this book so
1: which i would agree with
0: yeah it wouldn't surprise me if marisha pestle threw that in there as just as just a little easter mm-hmm. egg for herself and maybe someone I think it, else
1: I, I don't even think it was in like the main narrative i think it was mentioned in a news article mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was listed really early in the beginning about something that had happened after a court like court over a or something i'll have to go back and look but
0: i think we once again we've uh hit the spread uh, as far as this book where i genuinely enjoyed it quite a bit like i've read this book like seven or eight times or listened to it rather um and i think celeste and i i, I from what i from what i'm getting uh squid was kind of like eh not my thing yep for sure didn't enjoy it but not because i h- hated it
1: yeah right. um, it was i think there were some writing choices that i didn't Care for? I didn't think mm. they were great, but they weren't like, "Oh my gosh, a horrible book."
0: <laughs> and I think I think Celeste fell somewhere in between Squid and I again.
2: I legitimately enjoyed the book, but I don't think I would reread it. I have recommended
1: it. Yeah, I could definitely think of people that would enjoy this book. They aren't me, but <laughs> 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 aren't me. I do think uh. having read this, that you will really enjoy House of Leaves, though.
0: Oh yeah,
1: I'm, I'm still pushing for it. I still don't know how I enjoyed House of Leaves, but boy did I? <laughs> I,
0: I' the temptation to get it is there. I just I wish it was an audiobook.
1: It's impossible. It <laughs> impossible. In fact, I would say, well one, if you've gotten to this point of the podcast and you haven't read this book, I'm sorry. <laughs> and number two, if you've gotten to this point of the podcast and you haven't read this book or you only listened to the audiobook, go read the book. This is a book you need to actually, like, physically see, because it has fun stuff. There are
2: definitely some physical elements to it that, like, I couldn't imagine listening to it because of the things that are in there.
1: Yeah. And House of Leaves is like that. You can't read it because there's... I mean, you can't listen to it as an audiobook. You can't read it! (laughs) There are some parts you can't read, honestly. (laughs) Is this the
2: one that, that you showed us that has... Not things in a line.
1: Yes. So okay. it's, uh, there are complete pages out of order, and there's multiple tracks to follow on different pages. There are some pages that have one word on a page. There are some pages that have too many words. <laughs> I would say, but it's a it's an experience.
0: I'm just thinking about that, and that just that just feels frustrating to me.
1: It it does it in a way that I mean, the entire book is. You are reading a book in a book, so the book is put out as though it is a book that was written by a character in the book. Oh, So you're already, like, in an experience. So there are footnotes.
2: So similar to how the Princess Bride is.
1: Kind of, yeah. So you have that, and it's like this man documenting a house they moved into, and there was this stairway that... Kind of like 14 is this stairway to we don't know what, but you lose your mind. And documenting living in this house with this giant mystery in the middle and trying to explore it and get into it. And just it descends into manic craziness by the end. And it's very interesting. <laughs> but the writing reflects the story.
2: For For those who haven't read Princess Bride, the, you have to read the prequel not the prequel the preface because the preface or the intro explains so much about the book and throughout the story you're getting notes from william goldberg who did not write it he brought about the good parts version so it's uh it's also an interesting experience and one i try to read at least once every couple years
0: okay well with that note uh getting back to night film by marisha Pessel, uh does anybody have any closing thoughts or other thoughts they want to get out before we uh bring this thing down
1: uh don't get into
2: black magic it's bad that can be the spiritual speculation <laughs> just don't oh do we do you? that on
0: this podcast
2: yeah we do we oh. we have ish we
1: can do whatever we, we want you know this is our podcast <laughs>
2: We we try to, and sometimes it happens, and sometimes it doesn't. So, I
1: really didn't get a ton of... Just don't do black magic, I think. Don't was. do black magic. <laughs> get counseling. Please don't, don't just sacrifice just children, and don't date men in their 40s if you're in your teens.
2: And don't leave your children in suspicious areas. Yeah. Please don't, don't leave
0: your children. <laughs> don't take your child to go see a probable pedo.
1: Also that don't take your children with you when you are an investigative journalist. Just Anywhere, you know maybe. Take them to a normal park. Yeah, Not don't that. use your child as a prop in your investigative journaling. That definitely crosses an ethics line, I yeah. think.
0: I forgot about that. Yeah, he did yeah. do that too, didn't he?
1: <laughs> yeah. He's a really good guy.
0: <laughs> it was take your daughter to work day.
2: Except yeah. I wasn't. He dropped <laughs> her with ice cream. That's true. don't tell mom that's the other thing don't tell your children to not tell mom what you're doing because if mom doesn't need to know
1: especially if you're divorced like don't put your children against that's a bad idea the other parent <sighs> okay We're go done. to counseling that's our takeaway it's not a that's spiritual the takeaway one, but, like, go, to counseling. go to counseling talk to somebody <laughs> if you see something say something all right. Have a good day now. <laughs> okay. Bye. That was all. Done. Did it. <laughs> good. Do you have one, right. John?
0: <laughs> I did, but no. Go I ahead. Guess, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's just uh, it's just kind of piggybacking on the whole don't do black magic. Um, uh, taking it from Scott McGrath's perspective, as far as uh, a healthy dose a healthy dose of skepticism. Uh, can be a good thing Uh, but skepticism in the face of everything for the sake of being a skeptic can be detrimental to some things in life especially when it comes to the idea of religion and uh, spiritual matters because we do live in a world where there is a spiritual aspect to it and to completely deny any sense of spirituality for the sake of being quote the rational cynic, Mm. um, not only closes you off to an entire realm of experience, but will eventually will leave you out of any chance of receiving salvation. Uh, because all that cynicism does is cut you off to a greater reality. I'm trying to think of a better way to put it, but it that was something great. I came up with on the spot.
1: And go to counseling.
0: And counseling's <laughs> always a good thing. Uh, so I, I, I'm I'm going to be Celeste here and be like, Celeste, why don't you go ahead and land this thing for us?
2: <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Calm Talk today.
1: Oh, not
2: i don't have
1: a thank (laughs) you for listening to us talk about books
2: (laughs) we're not sure why you trust our opinions but we hope we're entertaining (laughs) you shouldn't
0: (laughs) we are the book (laughs) portion we are the book division of the geek devotions network the network to letting you know that you are loved so if you take nothing beyond this this
1: that was almost the catchphrase (laughs) almost you missed... What did I say? The network said, devoted to letting you know that you're loved. You said the network to letting you know that you're loved. <laughs> Which is... I mean, we are a network. So technically, this yeah. is the network to letting you the know The network that you're
0: devoted to letting you know that you are loved.
1: Don't worry. We'll if, fix it in post.
0: <laughs> if you get nothing else out of this podcast beyond that, then we have succeeded. And a healthy and dose t-
1: of cynicism.
0: <laughs> I, I am terrible at this. Which is why I asked Celeste it to do any it. Better.
1: <laughs> That's you okay. I, I, put, I put all the end credit stuff in.
0: Okay, end, cool. So
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I put it in over theme music, so it's cool. Okay, well, we just normally say okay, bye, <laughs> bye, <laughs> and yeah.
2: I might say so long and thanks for the fish.
1: We read allegedly is part of the devoted geeks network the network devoted to letting you know that you're loved. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have friends that are readers too, let them know about us. Word of mouth is the best way for us to get out there. Join us next month and every first Friday as we read and review a new book, Allegedly. Next month, we'll be heading back to high school for a classic as we read Fahrenheit 451. We'll see you then. now say you're a pig and you're going
0: (laughs) (laughs) so I I know where to cut it